0: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Circle here on the grid, Mike and George talking to you about the NFL this fine Sunday morning. And, George, we have... Uh, fantasy football season we're in the throes of it we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about some player props too fantasy adjacent more in the sports wagering category but uh, could matter for those of you out there that own some uh, that are managing some of these players this season so uh, we'll talk about some of those player props but wanted to start it off on just sort of a a standard piece of news that uh, happened in the NFL this week but a big promotion for Steve Levy Brian Greasy and Lewis Riddick they are named as they knew Monday Night Football crew. I know Booger McFarland and Joe Tessitore were the previous crew. I think they received a lot of criticism. I thought some of it was undue criticism, but nonetheless, they've been—they make another change. They've been doing this quite a bit. Uh, frankly, this century, George, over the last 20 years, I bet we can name six or seven or eight different crews, and we have yet another one. But Levy, Riddick, and Greasy. Levy and Greasy worked together a lot uh, in college. They have done uh, an NFL game. They did a Monday Night football game uh, last year, I believe. But Lewis Riddick, who you and I both like a lot as a critic on NFL Live and other shows, will be a big, big addition to this crew.
2: I mean, you can see what ESPN is trying to do. They're trying to find the right combination. That's right. right? Uh, guys that are both entertaining and informative. It's not an easy thing to do. They did also, remember, they tried to trade for Al Michaels. Right uh, for NBC, get him up the Sunday night cast and get him on the Monday night football. Uh, That didn't work there. They've tried unsuccessfully to get Peyton Manning for years now, pretty much offering him anything he wants, and he just won't take the job. They tried to get Tony Romo. He took, uh, really, was more money to stay with CBS, which is not surprising to what most of us expected there. So you can't say they're not trying. They certainly are. You know, I have two things here. One, Listen, I like Steve Levy. I do. I like him on the sports centers. He does uh, the hockey as well. So I've been. it He does a lot of hockey.
1: How do you, well, I, I wanted your opinion specifically on this because he does a lot of hockey. I think he's a good hockey announcer. Do you think that?
2: I do as well. I like his emotion. I like his uh, – it's almost like a boyish enthusiasm, I would call it, and I enjoy it. You know, I, I like Steve Levy. I like, uh, like I said, I am a hockey guy. He gets gets on very well with John Bucicros, Barry Melrose, also with ESPN, and they have a great camaraderie there. I enjoy listening to them. So, yes, uh, I like that. I, as you already said, it, I am a big Lewis Riddick fan. I like the fact that Lewis Riddick seems to say what's on his mind. He's not trying to uh, sugarcoat things. He'll tell you what he thinks. I think that's what you need. You know, my, my biggest criticism of John Gruden, you already said this, was that everyone was great. Everybody was great. And that's because he obviously, I don't care how many years it took, maybe he's was waiting for the right opportunity, but he obviously wanted to get back in the NFL, and he doesn't want to rub anyone the wrong way. The in fact, fact it was, it was,
1: there was a noticeable roller coaster with him, George. When he first was on air with ESPN, he was not critical at all. He had just left the sidelines. Two, three years in, he started to feel his way. And it was like he was being more critical. He was throwing guys under the bus. But then it changed again. And that's when we knew that he was looking for a job on the sidelines again. So he, it became uh, antiseptic.
2: It's, it's worthless to me. You know, uh, it's just, just really worthless when the guy's not going to uh, criticize. And I listen, I hope Riddick doesn't change. I want him to be the person he is. Uh, he, uh, he does or has tried to get a general manager's job, when, and let's face it, he probably should have one. He is a guy who really should be considered for that job, but yep. I hope he doesn't do that. Where Now he's going to turn into John Gruden, too, because he doesn't want to be nailed out of any jobs because he criticized someone on that team or the owner, or the general manager, the current general manager, the coach, whatever it might be. I hope he feels free to say what he wants there and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, so, I am interested. Now, I am someone, Mike, I think you know this, most people do. I don't listen to many games. I find most announcers to be terrible, and I don't like them, so I think they're worthless. Uh, the Sunday Night Crew is a go. I do like Al Michaels and Colin. But and I
1: do listen, that's the thing, I do listen to the primetime announcers, so thursday nighters sunday nighters monday nighters it's the only game on i am listening to the announcers uh the bulk of other games we're watching red zone we're flipping back and forth right. i need some for some explanations and frankly uh, i do the nfl package what's it called the nfl online package game pass i use that so i watch condensed games and the only thing i hear i don't i never hear the color commentator because it's a 30-minute, 35-minute podcast. It's just over and over and over again. So in that sense, yeah, I, I am really more focused on the primetime announcing teams. Here's why I think it's going to work. Greasy and Levy have worked together since 2016 doing premier college football games. Le- Levy's been calling games for 10 years. Greasy as well, since 2009. Levy's worked for ESPN since 1993. And we both like Riddick. He can step in and do a game anytime he wants. And I honestly think because these guys work well together already, you pair them with Riddick, I think it's going to work. It should be noted, Lisa Salters is the sideline reporter. She'll continue to do that. John Perry is the officiating analyst. He'll continue to do that. That's why I think it's going to work. I think a lot of times they're trying to match people together and hoping to find some special sauce. Just pick the guys that work together and do a good job already. You add Lewis Riddick in, he, he, can, he can work with anybody. That guy's tremendous on television.
2: Yes, and I'm looking forward to it. I truly I think it's I think it's something that could work here. I think ESPN also has to realize listen, the Monday night game is no longer the marquee game. It hasn't been in forever. That's the Sunday night game now. They yeah. have the marquee game. You the quality ESPN, games
1: were better last year at least than previous years. They
2: were, but they're they're not scheduled to be that way. They're just not. You know, Sunday night gets the best, Thursday night gets the worst because every team has to be represented in prime time at least once, and ESPN is somewhere between the two. You know, the Monday night game this is what's getting it's just the way it is here so uh as just we be, welcome just, in our radio audience for this final minute just cover the game be informative and you know it's you're, you're announcing a football game it's not life and death you're announcing a football game be excited about when plays happen be, get the fans uh with you it's this year's a trying year for these guys because there're gonna be no fans in the stands so no uh, juice no juice, right? You're gonna have to feel it. No electricity going on there. So uh, it's an interesting year to have a new booth, but all being—I mean, I don't think Testori was all that bad, but I can't see this being any worse than it was the past couple of years. I think it has to be an improvement.
1: Yeah, I always feel like people bang. Look, I, if you want—if you want a surefire way to get sports fans to disagree with you, tell them that you'd like an announcer. I guarantee fifty percent of them will disagree with you. I guarantee it. We will come back. We're going to talk uh, player props next on Football Full Circle. Get on the grid.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Back on the grid, Mike and George talking about Player props, specifically running back totals. We've done a lot of player props this offseason. I think we'll start stacking them up as we get closer to the season. I'll give you a sense of what we think of these player props on FanDuel. But uh, first, follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid, on Instagram at SportsGridTV, at George Kurtz, at Mike Blewett on Twitter. So, George, running back totals. This is rushing and receiving yards. Do some combos here. We're going to take them one by one. I will say, in general... Running back props, seasonal running back props, aren't my favorite for the reason that we talk about with um, fantasy. The second the injury happens, it's over. Uh, and there's a greater chance that a running back's going to get hurt and, and miss out on some of these huge totals that I'm about to announce um, and, and just really miss an opportunity. Even missing two or three games for running backs puts some of these wagers in jeopardy thoughts about maybe running back props versus qb or wide receiver
2: oh i agree with you uh i'd have to be So i was certainly wouldn't put a large amount of money on these props uh not for the main guys because you are worried about injury uh let's face it they touch the ball 20 times a game they're getting tackled 20 times a game maybe every now and then they get pushed out of bounds or they're getting a lot of 300 pound men falling on you a lot of guys around your legs a lot of car crashes. That's really what every tackle is like. It's a car crash. Plus, so uh, I, I'm very I, wary.
1: I play so many weekly player props that I don't feel as much of a need to do it for running backs for the season, I would say. But we'll try to find you the best values here. Um, let see if there's any juice on any of these. Nothing significant on any of these. So uh, minus 112 in both directions. So I'm going to rip them off. Alvin Kamara. Started off with him, George. 1,524 and a half yards. Again, it's rushing and receiving total. Can you get to 1525? What do you think?
2: 1525, do a little math here. Divided by 16, it's 95 yards a game. That's what it comes out to. 95 yards a game. It certainly seems doable. I mean, let's look at last year. Uh, Last year, now, we found out he was hurt pretty severely early on, right? We found that out uh I think It was week two, week three when he uh, says he hurt his knee there. Yep. He still had twelve, over thirteen hundred yards.
1: Thirteen
2: thirty. Thirteen thirty. So you know, he started nine games, played
1: in fourteen.
2: So you think? Uh, listen, the starting thing doesn't bother him. Two hundred and
1: fifty-two touches, which they is down Murray from two seventy-five the year before.
2: The thing is, if you get two seventy-five, twenty-three, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get to the total. You know, I mean, you, you want know, to say you average five yards a touch, those extra 23 carries only gives you another 115 yards. It doesn't get him there. Now you're at 14 and change. In, two,
1: so in, in 2018, he had 275 touches, 1,592 yards. So he cleared that. But he
2: cleared that, but he had a lot more touches there. He did. You know, the Saints are really you know, a team that's going to play more towards the Super Bowl. Right? They want to win. They have a, They don't need to overwork him here. 15 is this? I'm games, not doing
1: 13 started. <laughs> i right, going it. a
2: long way to say right, you're I not find I can see a lot, lot of negatives here is why I, I won't do this. Uh, so I'm not going to do it. And I, also, I don't think he's going to be the, the kind of guy that you can say, oh, he's definitely staying healthy. I don't think he's built that way. Yeah. So I think he's a guy who's more susceptible to injury than other players. And once again, 5'10", 215, you know, he's not built like a little uh, like a brick wall here.
1: He, I'm gonna he cleared it his rookie year, too, but he was he had 7.7 yards per touch as a rookie. I don't think we're getting back there. Uh, certainly not this season. Uh, so, all right, so we're going to pass on Kamara. Would you say the under or pass for you?
2: I would lean towards the under. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't do it there. I mean, listen, a small amount? Sure.
1: You I don't want to root against Alvin Kamara. I'm not doing that one. Christian McCaffrey. Uh, 1899 and a half. So he's got to get to 1900 yards, George. Do your yeah. math, and I'll, I'll do your math, and I'll tell you uh, where he where he was at the last couple of years. Obviously, he hit this total uh, last year, 2392 yards. The previous year, he hit it as well at 1965. So regression expected by the books. What do you think here?
2: Well, it's 119 yards a game. It's a lot. So what it's worth, uh, that that is a lot. I mean, this level, you mentioned he's hit it. Uh, we, you and I both expect, once again, this team to be trailing a lot. A lot of high-scoring games coming out of Carolina. Uh, he'll be a big part of it. I now mean, he'll be a big part of it. The biggest. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, his history tells us he doesn't like to throw the ball into the secondary. He likes those check-down throws. You know, a little short pass at the line of scrimmage here. Can you remember how many
1: passes he caught last
2: year? McCaffrey? Mm-hmm. Did he catch over 100? I don't, I don't think he could over 100, but he might have. 116, over. George. Damn.
1: Yeah. Damn is right. 403 times he touched the ball. They were bad <laughs> offensively, and he still did that.
2: I'm going to say, I'm, I, I, once again, I'm not doing it, but I would lean the over here. I think he does eclipse that mark again.
1: It's going to have to go really sideways for him, for him not to do it. Now, there's tons of data to suggest regression. But there would also be data to suggest regression from 326 touches uh, and 1,965 yards, which he did two years ago. And then he got 80 more touches, and he got 400 more yards. So um, I don't expect him to go up from here. But if you bring it back to 350 touches, George, with your math, what is that? 350
2: to get 1,900? 350.
1: To uh, yeah, he's got to get the hundred and what'd you say, 119 yards a game.
2: So he needs he only needs to average 5.4 yards a, a touch.
1: That's lo- That would be the lowest of his career.
2: Be, I, actually, I, th- I think he does
1: 350 touches though.
2: I guess my once again, if you want to play devil's advocate, the what you're worried about besides an injury, injuries worried about with everybody would be that their offense is better. I mean, maybe Bridgewater has throws the, throws the ball to more people, more receivers. You know, they had Kyle Allen last year. They had a bunch of... I'm um, worried about them not
1: controlling the ball enough is what I'm worried about. I think their defense is going to be on the field for long stretches, and I think that they will have to throw more. I wonder if it hurts his catch total. Like, I could see his catches dipping below 100 for the first time since his rookie year. By the way, the year before in 2018, he had 107 catches. So I'd be worried about him, his... uh, his touch is dipping below that, but uh, that I feel like a fun shark if I bet the Christian McCaffrey under. So if you're taking it, I'd go with the over. I think it's low enough that I'd feel good about the over. I wouldn't pass on it, and I don't think it's going under. So that's where I'm at with McCaffrey. Uh, Derrick Henry, 1,509 half yards, so he's got to get to 1,510, George. So that's under 100 yards a game.
2: Well, you know you're not getting much from him as far as the uh... – Receiving game is concerned. Now, oh, what's two, getting,
1: 22 passes last year? I think, if memory serves me.
2: that's that's a whole pass and a half a game. Uh, you need 94, 95 yards, pretty much uh, a game here.
1: 18 he caught during the regular season.
2: Yikes! One catch a game. Is uh, so he getting 95 yards a uh, a game here? Now, you're not really worried about anybody taking carries away from him. Right? I mean, We both like Evans to some degree, but I don't think Evans is going to be a major part of the game plan here. I've already said it. This team runs through Henry, literally. They need him to be Henry in order for this offense to survive. What I'm always going to be worried about is an injury. He He's, nuts. he's not elusive. He's looking to hurt you. He's looking to hit you. He's Earl Campbell. So he's looking to hurt you, looking to hit you, which means he's going to get hit a lot. Only take, he doesn't even need to be injured, Mike. Just slow down When a nagging injury. We've seen that in the past from him. I kind of lean under here. Got the big contract, too, right, the new contract, so maybe the other motivation's not quite as there. He basically and I think got what amounts to him.
1: a two-year deal, George. So if I'm playing devil's advocate, I'll say, look, they're going to they're gonna run him until the wheels fall off, but they do need him for next year, too. He got 303 carries last year. He received 24 targets, uh, 18 catches. So for a total of 321 touches, he had 17.6 last year, 5.4 yards per touch. A very successful season but man he basically has to duplicate that to I lean get there under. i think i'm the same and i don't think that's a disaster for the titans i think if derrick henry ripped off 1400 yards 1450 yards instead of 1746 i still think they they can be successful it's about them getting it done in the playoffs i think this is a playoff team uh, can they duplicate what they did to New England and Baltimore last year? That's going to be a tall order. It really will be. The, the success to this team isn't Derek Henry being marginally better. It's Tannehill being a lot more successful and then being a more versatile offense when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, that's my opinion, at least.
2: you get getting older from me. I agree with you. I think okay. they need uh, to have a little bit more of a threat in the passing game for Henry to, to succeed.
1: Cool. We'll come back. We'll talk uh, a little bit more about this set of player props. It's running backs. Next on football full circle get on the grid
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: back on the grid talking about running back props this season in the NFL, uh, start with your boy on this segment, George, one Zeke Elliott. Uh, in fact, you're not looking at it right now. So I will, I'm going to pose it as a trivia question. What That's would you crazy. set Zeke Elliott's uh, total at? Total rushing and receiving yards. What would you set it at?
2: 1750.
1: Wow. Really good. You're good at this. 1734 and a half. So, you got to get to 1735. You think Zeke's doing it?
2: I, it doesn't mean I think he's doing it. I just know he had 1,300 and somewhat yards rushing last year. Give another 400 receiving. 17 sounded good. So, once again, let's do our little math here because I think this is important <laughs> to do the math. Uh, divided by 16. Ooh, it's 110 yards a game. Now, he's going to average, I imagine, 80 yards rushing per game. So, you need 40 yards passing? It's a lot to ask. I mean, I don't think Dallas could be uh, looking to use him in the passing game all that much this year because, hey, we got Cooper. We got Gallup. We got CeeDee Lamb. And we got Blake Jarwin, who the Cowboys really like at tight end. So I don't know how many passes he's going to receive here. So he may need to up that rushing total a bit, uh, really, to get that there, which he might be able to do because, once again, the offensive line is still solid. It's not as good as it used to be, but it's still solid. And I think teams going to back off a little bit. I think they're going to say, you know what? We'd rather die by the knife and Elliott. And they gun with Cooper Gallup and C.D. Lamb, yeah, you know, and uh, so I think once again I think they'll uh, back off the safeties a little bit there. I'm going to take the under here now. C.D. Elliott, I think you know he had a, when you look at his numbers last year, Mike, looks good, right? Solid here. Yeah. Yeah. He only had four rushes of more than twenty yards. Not four, great. that's terrible.
1: And he did, not, and and despite terrible. the fact that he caught fifty-four passes. Look, I, I, th- I thought I thought the narrative. With him not being a pass catcher early in his career was incorrect, but I don't think he's an elite pass catcher as a running back. He did catch 54 passes last year and 77 the year before, so that was a positive trend for him and for fantasy managers, however, and and wagerers. But uh, I don't know that he's elite. There's a lot of video out there of him dropping a lot of passes too, so it could have been better than it actually was.
2: Yeah, I just don't think the Cowboys are going to need him to be that guy. Yeah, I think they're going to try. They're going to put the ball into the secondary. With these receivers here. So uh, I'm going to go slightly under here. Although one thing, once again, when I play devil's advocate, well, maybe the reason why he didn't have the explosive runs last year was because he held out to that new contract. You know, So maybe that had a part of it, too. He's in camp, obviously, now. Although, once again, he had COVID earlier, or early on in the spring, summer. So it's maybe the only time he played too. 16
1: games, too, though. I mean, he had in his career, he has hit this number every Three of the four years of his career, he did not hit it in 2017 because he was suspended six games. But um, last year it was 1777, 2001. Before that, his rookie year, it was just a shade under 2000 and 1994. And the the year that he missed six games, it was 1252. Uh, we we have a lot of expectations for this offense, George. I just can't see Zeke not still not being the biggest part of it. I'm going to go over on this one. I understand it's a pretty big number. But I think we're all pretty bullish on this Cowboys offense. If it doesn't work out, if it doesn't work out with Mike McCarthy, just get out of the way. I I don't know what's going to happen. Like, if this team goes 8-8 and again, I I, I, I can't say I'm (laughs) rooting for it because you're a Cowboys fan. But I don't know what will happen because it's all hands on deck. This is a team that has to win. It's high expectations now. Like, they are in the mix to win a Super Bowl. That's the roster that's in front of Mike McCarthy, correct?
2: It's a good roster. I mean, like I said, the only obvious weakness is in the secondary. It's a good Cowboy roster. Uh, there's no reason why they should. If they don't make the playoffs, forget 8-8, eight eight, if they don't make the playoffs with an extra wild card. I agree. I mean, you're in a, you're in a division, let's face it. Giants, bad. Washington, bad. Eagles are good. You know, could can, can lose a division. I could see that. The Eagles aren't. I think the Cowboys are ahead of the Eagles, but the Eagles aren't that far behind. So I, I wouldn't get on McCarthy for not winning a division. I could see you winning 11 games, but the Eagles win a tiebreaker or they go 12 and four. That wouldn't shock me. But if you would have missed the playoffs by going, you said eight and eight or even nine and seven, yikes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James Connor is the next one on the list. Under. Oh, come on, man.
2: I didn't I even get, get out it. of the There's gate on this. Another guy right. can't stay healthy.
1: What? How dare you? Right, I'm looking up his numbers from last year. What do you think they set the number at? I'm going to make you guess this one now, too.
2: Oh, God. Um, I mean, he's on the board. Say, there's only six or
1: seven guys in this whole list. So.
2: 11.75.
1: That's a pretty good guess, actually. 12.34 and a half. So you're a little light, but that's I'll not terrible that. guess. Uh, James Connor. Here we go. Uh, Last year, obviously, he was banged up. Ten games, terrible, terrible, terrible offense. He only carried the ball 116 times, only 150 touches for 715 yards. The previous year, which is really the year that he came into his own, was 2018. He started 12 games, played in 13, 270 touches for 1,470 yards. George, he's got Ben back, Juju back. Um, What do we think? What do you think? You think it's way under, but you're you're saying based on based on a health based on a health guess.
2: Yeah, mine is, is, is definitely the health. I mean, once again, you can make the argument Ben is back, team's not going to worry about the running game anymore, or not as much. I shouldn't say anymore, but not as much. But I don't think he's going to play sixteen games. History tells us it he never won't. has. Yeah, right. History tells us he won't. Uh, I'm not. I don't. Benny Snell, Samuels. I mean, nice guys could take some carries away here or there. So I don't think there's any big threat there. I think they want they are a
1: one back system
2: guy. Right. History tells us that they are. I just don't think he can play 16. So I think he might need to get that total that we're talking about in 13 games. Which, which he means didn't that, do two years ago. Which you can. It, it's possible. You, mentioned, you just said it's 12-34. That's less than 100 yards a game. It's about 96. Well, fan It is 96. That's what he would need if he only plays 13 games. But for now, what if it's 12 games? Now you're over 100 yards a game. It's it tougher. Now you're putting up an elite category. And I just don't know if I can bet on, uh, bet on that. Uh, I... I leaned Once again, it's not something I would definitely do here, but I would lean under here.
1: This is my favorite one so far. I'm going over. Uh, I, I just think based on the I think numbers too low. Yes, you're going to deal with the risks that we just talked about, but the number pushed low enough that I think it's my favorite one. I, I you know I, I don't know anybody is a surefire under. Um, yet, I'm really worried about Henry. I just think regression is bound to happen there at 1510 yards when there's only one way to get it. I just don't like that one at all. Uh, but James Conner, uh, I think it's my favorite one here. I think the number is low enough. You did the math. I, I, I just think that he can get there even if it's only 13 games. So next one, former Steeler Le'Veon Bell. What do you think this number is?
2: I mean, how is Gase gonna use it? How can anybody even know what the number is here? He's probably his last season with the team, right? I know Gase probably. even cares. Not probably. Definitely his last season with the team. Hell, it might be Gage's last season with the team.
1: This also could be true.
2: 1275.
1: Really good. You're nailing these, George. 1299 and a half. So he's got to get to exactly 1300. Uh, You can do the math, and I'll look up his stats here for everybody uh, and rip them off. And they are uh, Le'Veon Bell's touches last year in what was an absolutely abysmal, non functioning offense at times. Uh, 311 touches last year for 1250, so he didn't get there. Offense was really bad. He did catch 66 passes. Uh, that's really all I have to go off. I can give you his his career stats with the Steelers, but we know he was a monster in Pittsburgh. 406 touches for 1,946 yards, 336 for 1,884. Uh, one year he got hurt, 373 for 2,215, 289. For $12.59, that's all the way back to his rookie year. The one year he got hurt was 137 for six ninety two. But George, I mean, he puts up this number, he puts up when he's healthy. Um, my logical brain tells me that, all right, look, I didn't want you to be here, but you're here. This is me being Adam Gase. I didn't want you to be here, but you're here. We got rid of a bunch of guys. We're clearing cap space, but... Gotta to try to win some games here. I gotta help Sam develop. We're gonna use you to the best of our ability. I don't know. I'm gonna throw you the ball seventy eight times like I did last year. Am I right on that number? Yes. But I need you to hear we're we're gonna try it. We're gonna utilize you touching the ball twenty times a game in order to get us to win some games. Does that make sense?
2: Listen, we all know that Bell should crush this number. It's only eighty one yards a game. For a guy who can catch the ball and receive the ball, he should crush this number. We think the Jets will have a better offensive line, right? You draft the number one guy, you uh, make some uh, free agent additions. Granted, the free agents, nothing really to crow home about, but you're hoping uh, they'll play well together. That's really what you're hoping for there. Uh, Gase has to win games. He's not someone who can go, you know what? I'm playing for the future here. I don't care. He's not going to have a future. The problem is, have you seen who their first Four opponents are? Yeah. Buffalo, San Francisco. The
1: just have a bad schedule.
2: Indianapolis, yeah. Denver. It's a bad schedule. I mean, he can be so far behind. Right? He needs 81 yards a game, but Arthur, after those first four games, he might need 110 yards a game for the rest of the season to uh, surpass that number. You know, something silly like that. And he's got Buffalo again. He's got the Chargers here. I mean, wow. It's like you're playing a lot of good run defenses in the first half of your schedule. It does get better in the second half. It gets better as far as run defenses, but man, hard to like it here. Everything tells me he should go over. He's too good. A back Gase needs to win games. He can't play uh, the long game here. I don't care if we win. I'll get the in The top draft pick got Jamal Adams trade. You know, I get those picks as well here, and we'll reap the reap the benefit. I think Gase is gone too at the end of this year, along with Bell. If things don't, if things turn out like with a three and thirteen season, I don't. I think Jet fans will be calling for his head, where they'll have no choice here. They'll have to get rid of him. So I. I you said logic. All logic tells me this should be over. But it's the Jets. You throw logic out the window with the Jets.
1: I can't bet on the Jets offensively this year. That's my final answer. So, uh, Saquon Barkley is how we're going to land the plane. we only got about 30 seconds left. Uh, 1,750. You love it, right? That's a wow, lot. That's that's big a big number, a lot. dude. A lot. Yeah. It's the biggest S- one on here other than McCaffrey. 1,750.
2: It's, a, oh, I'm stupid they can throw those he's a candidate for 400
1: touches george
2: yeah i'll take the over just stay healthy he uh, turned that ankle in that Tampa bay game last year don't do that again i'll take the over but man that's a lot
1: he did it as a rookie with 352 touches last year obviously banged up 269 touches for 1441 so if he can land somewhere in the middle he hits it so uh, all right we'll come back we'll talk a little bit of fantasy football after this on the grid it's mike and george we're ffc
0: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Back on the grid, Mike and George talking about uh, wrapping up the running back props and then we'll get into fantasy fantasy football a little bit. So... um, most regular season rushing yards prop. There's plenty of guys on here. I'm going to rip off the top few. Derek Henry, plus 750. Zeke Elliott, plus 950. Nick Chubb, plus 950. Saquon Barley, Barkley, plus 950. McCaffrey, plus 1,100. Keep in mind, this is regular season rushing yards only. Dalvin Cook, plus 1,400. Josh Jacobs, 1,900. Miles Sanders, 2,000. Raheem Mostert, 2,000. Kamara 2200, Carson 2200, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 2200. Where's James Conner? Where's James Conner? Oh, James, the not down, there. All the way down at plus 3100, and they misspelled his name. Come on, FanDuel. I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm not kidding that they misspelled it, but come on. Let's clean it up. Anyway, uh, tell me who your rushing champ is. I had you write it down.
2: All right, so uh, I did write down seven names here, and you actually mentioned all seven. Uh, Elliot, Barkley, Chubb, Cook. Uh Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, and uh Josh Jacobs. Yes, it takes me a second. My handwriting is terrible. Thanks. So even reading my own handwriting is tough here. Now I was crossing him off one by one as during the, the break here. I'm gonna go with Dalvin Cook. He's at plus plus fourteen hundred. I like the odds there. I'll tell you why. Ah uh, yeah, he has an injury history. That's why his number's down there. Uh he's I guess a holdout could be a threat. I don't think it's going to happen. He has zero leverage. But no Stefan Diggs. Can't really throw the ball as much as you want. And we know Mike Zimmer likes to run the football. He's come out and said, that's pretty much why he fired the offensive coordinator two years ago because they weren't running enough for his liking. And he thought that hurt the team here. So I think Dalvin Cook's going to get the ball early and often. Uh, I know Madison there is a threat, but Madison's not going to take the starting job. He'll take away some carries, absolutely. But you could say that with everybody on this list, with the exception of Barkley, right? Ezekiel Elliott's got to deal with Pollard. You know, Chubb's got Kareem Hunt. Uh, Henry has nobody, too, but I, we already said that. We don't think Henry's there. And Christian McCaffrey is going to get the overall yardage leader, but not really a uh, a threat to get the rushing yardage. Josh Jacobs is an interesting pick for me. I actually almost almost took him over Cook here, uh, sort of the uh, lower-level guy here, plus 1,900. I do like that. But I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook.
1: I like it. I mean, you, you had some logic there that I agree with. I, I think that I'm – I think the problem with this prop is that a lot of times we think of running backs and their total impact on games, right? But you understand that it's rushing only, and I look at it as rushing only. I think my guys that I'd really be looking at, I think I'm going to stick in the NFC East. I think it's Zeke or Barkley. Um, I know Chubb has become, for no other reasons that in my opinion, that Kareem Hunt is there, obviously, as an asset as well. Uh, Chubb has become exclusively like a, a running back, and they're going to let him carry the ball as many times as possible. Uh, McCaffrey, I, I don't think he's a real challenge for this. I think if we're talking about total yours, McCaffrey's right in the mix. Uh, obviously, we just went through those props. But I, I'll keep it between those two. I think your your logic makes sense with Cook. The only... I mean, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs as the wild cards, I could see that. I think Raheem Mostert, no chance. I like Tevin Coleman, frankly, as a sleeper pick in fantasy uh, drafts this year. Uh, I think that's virtually I am so no chance. I'm so done with
2: Coleman. No, thank you. <laughs> All right,
1: we'll talk about him next then. But uh, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, a few other names out there. Uh, but I'd keep it uh, between Barkley and Zeke. Maybe smaller wagers on those two uh, as we go down the list a little bit. Uh, maybe maybe somebody a like Josh idiot, Jacobs.
2: Mike? Does it bother you that McCarthy is known to throw the football? That he likes to throw the football. I mean Ezekiel Elliott actually came out this week and said we are Dallas we will run the football. As if uh I mean, once again, maybe McCarthy liked to throw the football because he never had a running back in Green Bay for the most part.
1: Yeah. Right? Uh, so, yeah, uh, I think that's a challenge. Sure. I think the I think this offense though, as much as I joke around and bust chops. The only thing that worries me about the offense is that so many other people like it. I start to get a little nervous when everybody likes the teams that I like for the same reasons that I like it. I think I'm I'm in an echo chamber a little bit too much, so I try to take a step back, think a little bit more critically, and and wonder if I'm just uh, I'm hearing all this noise that's convincing me of it. But when you look at the weapons, I, I just think they have an opportunity to be a really efficient offense, and that can help Zeke. Does it get him the rushing title? I don't know, but I'm at ten to one here, so I got ten to one on him and Barkley, and I feel like one of those two will win it. Josh Jacobs is would be my long shot. I just think that they'll force the ball, but I I don't think the Raiders' offense is going to be particularly great. I think Jacobs just just sees so many carries. Gruden's going to play it old school and just give him the ball 350 times. That 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 can just get you there at some point,
2: right? Gets you there by volume, sure. Yeah. Now, I don't Listen, I don't have any problem with your logic either. I certainly think Barkley's going to have a great year. You know, Elliot, I don't think he's going to win the rushing title. I think he'll get uh, his share of yardage. But I, I do wonder if he's just not the back that everybody thinks he is. That's dawned on me as well. Why? Well, uh, you watch him, like I said, you watch the last couple of years, not a lot of impressive plays. It's more like uh, because he gets so many opportunities, the yards build up. Compiler. You know, that sort of thing, rather than a, uh, a highlight that's guy. That's harsh. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what he was last year. He's got a lot of miles place. on him. Hey, remember, he came into, uh, out of shape last year, too. That was a big thing that he maybe needed to lose some weight. Uh, we haven't heard any of that this year, right? Uh, apparently, he is in good shape there. I just think Dallas, the fact that they can throw the ball, I mean, they should be able to throw the ball up and down the field.
1: So you, we, you took this in a different direction. We're going to try to talk about fantasy in the, in the last half, but I'll ask you really quick in the next minute. Who would you take over him?
2: You mean in fantasy? No,
1: nope. you're an NFL GM. You're like I'm oh, just picking take, the best. I would take Barkley. I'm picking the best running backs. Okay.
2: I would take Barkley. McCaffrey. Um, boy, they both have big contracts. There's a lot of guys I would take over Zeke out of the contract. Mm-hmm. But if we're taking the contracts out of it, would I take McCaffrey? Ability. I, ability. I, I, ability I no contract. I probably would. I probably would. McCaffrey's close because you uh, depends what you want. Do you want a running back who can do what McCaffrey does, or do you want a real running back? But I want somebody you might, that
1: can do what McCaffrey does. He's a more dynamic playmaker.
2: Then you'd probably take McCaffrey, right? You'd have to. He's a damn good running back, and you know he's the best, uh, uh, catch, best running back who catch the ball. Ever. That's probably it. Kamara? I don't know if I would take anybody else over him, and Henry's more of a one-trick pony. I want more than Kamara? that. Who? Kamara. No, I don't trust his health. I don't think he's ever going to be able to stay healthy or fully healthy. He might play but always be banged up. I want more of a prototypical guy here. I'm looking at my list here. Nick Chubb would be close.
1: Whoa, that's high praise for Nick Chubb.
2: I like, listen. I like Nick Chubb. I've always liked Nick Chubb. But uh, the only guys I definitely would, without a doubt, would be Barkley and CMC.
1: Okay, uh, let's switch it over to Fantasy Pros. Came out with a list earlier this week talking about uh, top consensus sleepers from their staff and from all the uh, from all the the fantasy football experts ranking guys uh, based on how they're being drafted right now. So the top consensus sleepers, George, Gardner Minshew came in as the top consensus sleeper amongst all players that he is being drafted far lower than is being expected. So they compared their draft results and mock draft results uh, to where the experts have them ranked. And Gardner Minshew came out uh, on top with uh, one of the top sleepers. Uh, next one on the list, Blake Jarwin. Uh, next one on the list, John o. Smith. I'll, I'll rip off a few, and then we can talk about him. Teddy Bridgewater, Antonio Gibson. Although I will note that the Antonio Gibson news probably changed from the time this article was written on Tuesday to today, Sunday, because mock drafts have changed dramatically. Antonio Gibson flying up boards. Um, I think it's way too much. I'm going to let other people take Antonio Gibson, who didn't even touch the ball that much in college. I understand the upside. I understand the ability. I get it. You guys, good luck. If you hit on Antonio Gibson, more power to you. I'm going to pass because he's now too expensive. How about any of those guys? Jarwin and John Smith, I like them both, but you know how that tight end position is.
2: Well, I, I I generally have a lot of problems with sleeper columns because generally the players they pick are not sleepers. I read one column the other day that had T.Y. Hilton as a sleeper. What?
1: He's an all-pro wide receiver.
2: Right. How's he a sleeper? Uh, it made no sense to me. And uh, it was against the easy way out. I don't mind the players they picked. I would give you a sleepers. The problem is, how can Gardner Minshew or Teddy Bridgewater be sleepers? And if you pay if you're playing in a super flex league, sure. But in a one quarterback league, how are you going to get them into the top 12? Yeah, I
1: think I think that has to be assumed for those two.
2: That if you, you're saying Superflex, then fine, because they're both outside the top 24. Those Minshew, I'm looking at ESPN's list, is at number 24. Do you think but either
1: of them can be in the top 12 at the end of the year?
2: No. No.
1: So much volume.
2: They're both going to stink. They're both going to stink, but there are so many good quarterbacks. I mean, listen, this is the guys who are there, uh, I'm not even talking top-tier guys. Allen, Breeze, Stafford, Rodgers. Daniel Jones, Roethlisberger, Newton, Tannehill, Goff, Mayfield, uh, Cousins. I mean, they're going to have to pass all these guys to get to the top 12. Every one of them. I'm not even talking about the uh, the, the number one guys. Jackson, Mahomes, Watson, Murray, Dak, Wilson, Ryan, Tom Brady, Wentz. How
1: about Drew Locke? Any chance for him to get in the top 12?
2: Once again, probably not. I don't think the volume is going to be there for him to be that person. I think they can get... Right now, what's you know, ESPN? If you look at them, they have Locke at 23. It's funny you mentioned it. Minshew at 24, Bridgewater at 28. Do I think they can get the top 16? Sure, I do think they can get up there and move up seven, eight spots. But move up even further than that, you would need injuries to replace these guys. So uh, I like I like the fact that they put these guys in the sleepers because they are sleepers. I like yeah. that. But to be quarterback ones at the end of the, uh, in the fantasy year, I mean, could one of the three happen? Sure. I mean, it certainly could. Minshew's going to throw the ball a ton. the Jaguars are probably praying he doesn't end up being a quarterback one because that would mean maybe they win some more games than they would have thought. Drew Locke certainly has the – he has the wide receivers to do it, right? They they went heavy on the wide receiver draft there. Maybe that could happen there, but I don't see it. It's just that we're so deep in quarterbacks now. Yeah. We're so strong that I don't see it. I do like the two tight ends you mentioned, you know, with uh, Blake Jarwin and Janu Smith. Once again, they're down there in the upper, uh, once again, um, I'm going up ESPN's list here at tw- 20 and 22. And do I think they can move up? Yes, I do. Because once, we're, not, we're not as deep at tight end. I can see guys falling off. Those are ab-
1: that's abnormally low for those
2: two. I think, it, once again, they well, maybe, once again, Jarwin, no one knows about him, right? Uh, I, I've seen him, and he's. Well, you look at Jarwin, you certainly want to start him when he's playing with Giants. I think the guy has five career touchdowns against the Giants. I know we had three in one game, to get two in another game. He kills the Giants, but then again, what tight end doesn't. But there's a lot of question marks at tight end, right? I mean, you have to get through the first couple of guys. It's un- un- unlike the quarterbacks. Okay, do we think Jared Cook's going to do anything? Noah Fant. Gronk in Tampa Bay, I don't know. Hawkinson, Gesicki, Herndon. You know, guys that you just don't know here. Ebron, Goddard. Do you like two uh, tight ends in Philadelphia? You know, these are guys you can see and obviously moving up in the pecking order here. So I like the tight ends. I do. If you're going to wait on tight end, which, let's face it, if you're not going to spend a top three uh, pick on top three round pick on Kelsey, Kittle, and Andrews, you might as well wait. You might as well yeah. wait till the end and take a shot at somebody.
1: We talked about running backs a lot. We got about a minute to go. I'm going to rip off the, the listed running backs here on Fantasy Pros of all the sleepers that, that have been listed. I'm not including Antonio Gibson, who's at the top of their list, because we already know he's... This article probably influenced it to some extent. Here's the rest: J.K. Dobbins, Jordan Howard, Zach Moss, Matt Breida, Boston Scott, James White, Tevin Coleman, my guy, Chase Edmonds, Josh Kelly, DeAndre Washington, Duke Johnson, Damian Harris. Of those guys, who do you like to really outproduce I, where they're going? I don't
2: going? know who I like. Uh, who do I fantasy-wise? I'd want Jordan Howard because I think. Uh, what'd you say yesterday? he's going to fall into the end zone seven times and look ugly. Yeah, like people don't like having
1: players like that because he's not exciting, he's not a versatile back, but if Miami's offense is 30% better than it was, which it could be, he's going to fall into the end zone six times. And, yeah, you might not know every week to play him, but if you're playing the zero RB game, Jordan Howard probably gets six, eight touchdowns this year. That's why you end up drafting him like that. He's my guy.
2: So he's right. my guy because I think he's gonna be the touchdown guy. I'm a big on I'm the touchdown guy.
1: Good. That's a good guy to be good. A good guy to be big on. So we'll come back. We'll close out the show, we'll close out the hour uh, with George next on FFC.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
1: Closing out this hour of football full circle. Thank you to our producer, Brian Rakowski. George and I are trying to find some positive news in all of this, right, George? We've been building towards an NFL season. We didn't know if it was going to happen. We think things can get screwed up. But good news this week as far as the COVID list is concerned. What was that?
2: Yeah, only five players uh, as of Thursday. Only five players are still on the COVID IL in the NFL on all the rosters. So that would seem to be a big-time positive.
1: That is a huge positive. There's 80 guys per team right now, times 32. You're the math guy here. That's a lot of, that's a lot of guys. I think it's 25 60 offhand. Right, 25-60. So, uh, so there we are. We're down to five guys. Now, not all those guys are bubbled up being there. A lot of the rookies, as you've seen from Hard Knocks, a lot of the rookies are living in team hotels, so they're in a, a bubble of sorts, hotel and uh, practice facility and back. But a lot of these other guys are going home. I, I think the negative is that the Mets were sort of taking care of business and the Mets got a couple of well, is, Isn't that the worry in the NFL, members? though? Yeah, baseball,
2: did, sure. baseball didn't have a problem when they were practicing either. It's when they started traveling to other cities. And maybe guys are but going it out. It isn't as
1: bad as we thought.
2: Well, you say
1: that. And the NFL they, players don't travel. They don't go on road trips like baseball players do. Right.
2: Right, they're uh, not in uh, hotels like that. They're in hotels one night a week, sometimes two. Baseball now, they they. I think today's day. I think today is actually day thirty of baseball not having a uh, not being able to play a full game schedule. There's been released one game canceled now for thirty days here. Granted, last Wednesday one of those games was a rainout. They would have had all thirty. It wasn't it wasn't COVID related, but the other twenty nine days are COVID related. So. Uh, I know I brought up to you before the show. I do wonder what the NFL is going to do, what their guidelines are going to be. Baseball, one player has it. You're, you're canceling days. And it's, easy, yeah. it's easier to make up games in the Major League Baseball. What's it going to be for football? Sunday morning, do we need three, four, five? How many guys or how many members of the team have to have it for that game to be canceled?
1: Yeah, it's important. I, I don't know what that's going to look like. I do think there will be some cancellations, postponements al- along the way. Uh, I'm feeling a lot better about things now than I was. It doesn't mean I'm guaranteeing anything, but it's good to see that that number's so low. Only five players out of a huge percentage, way, way under 1% now. So uh, on behalf of the aforementioned producer, Brian Rakowski and George Kurtz, I'm Mike Blewett. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to this edition of Football Full Circle. We'll see you next time on The Grid.